unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? Good, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And occasionally we have special guests that you like to bring on to the show. That means I get paid without having to contribute very much. So I'm super stoked for today's episode. What do we got lined up for the listeners today? Well, we have a special report from the field that reaches deep into one man's family. Our guest is Joshua Killingsworth. And while people's last names usually have nothing to do with anything else, in this case, his last name holds a clue because Joshua Killingsworth copy is killing it. He's got a webinar and sales promo, one-page promo, for example, that converted 65% on a $1,000 product. Wow. Yeah. And he's created a three email sequence that's making over $20,000 a month for a client with a tiny list, for example. And maybe that's because he had no choice. Four years ago, Joshua was going to lose his share of joint custody of his daughter unless he was available on some weekdays. Uh, He became an accidental copywriter as a result. And today he's going to share some of his secrets with you. But first, I have something to share with you that's not a secret at all. (laughs) Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Okay, so Joshua, thanks for joining us. And are you ready to get started? No, thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Cool. All right. So let's start with how did you get into copywriting and and what's your background? Yeah, so actually, um, I didn't call myself a copywriter until four years ago, but I got started uh, in 2007. Uh, We started up an SEO business, kind of spamming Google. And uh, we started, we threw all of our money at the business up front. So when it came time to scale, we didn't have any money. And SEO is a waiting game. So we figured out that it was easier to pull money out of the traffic we already had, which is where copy and conversions came in. Um, so we were constantly tweaking blog posts and landing pages. And I learned that way. But then um, I sold that business. And two, three years later, we went through like the situation four years ago with the courts and everything. And that's when I finally started to say, I'm a copywriter. I'm going to write copy for clients. This is how I'm going to spend my time. And I have to get good at it. Yeah. Could you, could you walk us through a little bit about um, what the razor's edge you were on was in terms of your time and the courts and custody and all that? Yeah. So, yeah, at that time, um, with the situation with my ex, I was kind of like miserable. So I worked way too many hours and that's what she took to the courts. I was selling life insurance, working 80 to 100 hours a week. And yeah, and that was mainly just 
to avoid her and I would be there when I could for my daughter. But the, the courts didn't like that. They wanted to see that I could take her to school, pick her up from school, that I wasn't having a babysit her, raise her. Um, they just didn't like my situation. And I knew that I could get paid at least 500 bucks a week to write content for other entrepreneurs. So I just, I did what I had to do. And you had that time flexibility. You could write and then stop when it's time to pick her up from school, right? Yep. Yep. And that's what the, my entire business has been built around getting the most done in those hours or when she's with her mom. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, this is the first time I've, I've ever heard of copywriting, keeping a family together. Usually it's the opposite. Of course, that was, that was your situation beforehand, even though you weren't writing copy, you were selling insurance and, and you'd had a CEO business. Okay. But that's cool. I love that story. I, I, and I know it's kind of personal. I really appreciate your sharing it with me and Nathan and the entire uh, fan base and listenership of, of Copywriters Podcast, because we do reach around the world. People hear, hear this stuff everywhere. But, you know, it's, it's really a good example. I mean, you don't seem embarrassed about it. It could be, you know, kind of. So wonderful story. Okay, so when we were chatting uh, beforehand, you mentioned you have something that you use when you're writing copy called an avatar and empathy map. I've never heard of that before. I like the idea. I like the sound of it, but I don't know what it is. And you said that you believe the research that produces leads using that map as a starting point is what gets you higher than normal conversions. And, and by the way, I would say 65% conversion on a thousand dollar event is higher than normal. Okay. Uh, having done those myself, having written for a lot of people, having worked with a lot of other copywriters, uh, I can say those are stellar numbers. So <clears throat> it'd be great if you want to tell us about that. And also, can you tell us a little bit about your avatar and empathy map? That's an interesting idea. Yeah. So actually all of that, those results and everything, all of that plays together. Um, those results, there were a lot of factors in play for that campaign to work as well as it did. The client is at the top of his game and he's, everything is 100% original and everything he releases, people just fall in love with. So we had an extreme, like the warmest market I've ever worked. Oh, oh yeah. And, and, and let's not forget, he has a really small list too. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't a big list at all. This one I think was maybe... 2,000, 3,000 people, because the recurring revenue one was an SAAS client. Um, the 65% sales page was uh, another one. Um, mm -hmm. And it was mostly cold traffic, but it wasn't necessarily cold because they know who he is. So it was semi-warm coming in, but by the end, they, yeah, they were sold, obviously. Um, and that was the avatar and the empathy map. I dug through all of the feedback that he had gotten from past students from his social media, the comments, everything to develop the one perfect person. And then he, the empathy map was what do they see, think, feel, hear? Um, what are their doubts? What are their dreams like developing? And then, and then putting up a picture of one person. Uh, uh, okay. Can, can I slow you down? I mean, th this is probably like, you know, second nature off the cuff to you. To me, this is and Nathan, would you agree this is like effing brilliant? I mean, I mean, what do they see? What do they hear? What? So 
Well, you know, what's curious to me, um, especially when I'm dealing with, you know, uh, stat heads, you know, people who are totally focused on the demographics, the left brain side of it, is you're not saying, well, how many cars do they have? How many kids do they have? What, uh, what's their income and what percentile in the U.S. does that represent? Uh, you know, all, all of that stuff is going to help you sell, what, some information to the census, maybe? <laughs> but, I mean, what, what you're talking about is where they live. Um, all, all of those, you're, you're talking about their inner world, but yes. their inner world that you can create a sales message to that they will respond to in an inner way and then do the outer thing of taking out the credit card and typing in the number. Can, can you talk yeah. about how you came up with that and what your thinking is with that, please? So, yeah, all of the like the political affiliations, the pages they like, that's an avatar worksheet. That's basic like marketing 101. But the empathy is I want to rent space in their head and their heart. I want to know like I want to be I want to chameleon into them so that I'm having that conversation with myself. I feel the problems that they're having. I feel the desires that they want to feel to fix it. And I know what they're saying. I know the exact words that they're saying because I've spent like I said, 10% of the conversion is the writing. 90% is what you know about who you're writing to, and you're really only writing to one single person. So just always write to them and have a conversation and understand them. Like that's what the empathy is, is developing empathy with that person. Uh, okay, I agree. I also know, I couldn't say if I know it for a fact, but I do know it's true. I, I, I could say that with so many people I've worked with, Bright people, successful people, people who've made money, people who've gotten degrees, people who started businesses. Empathy, just the very stuff you're talking about is one of the hardest things for them. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I also believe that the hardship, tragedy, uh, difficulties, um, pain you've experienced in your own life, if you choose to redirect it the way you've chosen to can give you tons more empathy than the bright-eyed, smiley-faced, well-groomed, you know, well-dressed um, MBA who has no freaking idea what it's like to work 80 hours a week and have your wife want to take your daughter away from you, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. Every that's been my curse throughout life is whenever somebody does something wrong, I try to understand what the hell made them do that. Like, what is it about them that made them make that decision? And uh, yeah, it's I guess I've like you said, I've learned to uh, redirect it. Yeah, I mean that's also I think what what a novelist does, but it seems cooler to me that you're using it for direct marketing. Joshua, so when you're trying to come up with these things, when you're trying to come up with what are their fears, what are they feeling, what are their dreams, what are their goals, what are their political uh, aspirations and ideals, how do you get that information? How do you come to those conclusions? There's a lot of gut involved, intuition, but you can verify everything. Like The first thing I do is I have the client fill it out themselves to get me started. And then I verify what they've told me. And while I'm verifying, like looking at books that you think they would read on Amazon, you can kind of get an idea through the verified purchases, whether or not you're on the right track. 
Could you give like a simple, a real simple example of that so someone knows what you mean? Like when you look at a book, so you have a person, I don't know, what are you selling? Um, maybe maybe you're selling some kind of survival stuff or maybe you're selling some financial protection stuff. Or, I mean, can you give me an example to take it to, us to the book and, and what you would see in a review that, that would go, aha, that's, that's one of their hopes, their fears. Okay, so like I wrote a, um, a bunch of funnels for um, a self-help program that helped people overcome their addiction to alcohol naturally. Just a few simple mindset tweaks and these people, it was like instant overcoming years of daily drinking. Okay. Um, it's pretty crazy. So I started asking people that had issues, would you go to AA? Why wouldn't you go to AA meetings? And they said, because it's embarrassing. And I'm like, look, and that's part of the copy that I wrote is like, you don't have to admit that you have a problem and you don't have to be embarrassed by it. This, the simple tweaks can give you the instant power over your relationship with alcohol. And that was just because they said it out of their own mouth. It was instantly verified. But if I didn't have that, I could find Facebook pages they like and just read through comments. Wait, wait a minute. So wasn't there a guy found an AA named Bill W.? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. Well, I'm, I'm going to guess there was. Bill W. wouldn't like that very much. He'd say you can't solve the problem until you face it. Hmm. So you're going in the face of all of the stuff that's been loaded on their shoulders as a burden. I mean, that's interesting, too. You're offering the way out from something they don't want to get the same result. Yeah, they, it's um, like offering them a man's way out. It's not your problem. You didn't cause it. You don't have to accept it, though. I'm solving it for you right now. I love it. And if you speak to their desires, they know that you understand them, or they're like, holy cow, this guy knows me better than I know myself. Well, that's the key, isn't it? When someone says, holy cow, that guy knows me better than I know myself, you, you start following him, you listen, and, and you'll buy it, right? Well, when that switch flips in their brain, it's over. It's yeah. I mean, there, there's the whole podcast right there. That is so much fun, but we're not going <laughs> to stop you. You better keep listening. Okay. <laughs> do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. So you've got this information that uh, is gold. I would say the information is gold. And you've told us quite a bit about how you get the information and how you have prepped yourself mentally to get the information, which I really appreciate. That's like, you have no idea how valuable it is. I so appreciate that. Okay, so now it's time to write something. Uh, what are the steps in your writing process? I sit down and I produce garbage a few times, delete <laughs> it. And then, yeah, finally the polished piece gets sent over. Um, I just, yeah, just let the fingers flow. 
Um, I kind of know from the empathy map, like if I need to write a follow-up sequence, I'll go back to my empathy map and I'll pull subject lines directly from what they see, think, hear, and feel and use those as the subject line of the email. That, um, that, that's really cool. There's a couple things you said that you're just tossing off like, well, everybody knows, oh, not everybody does. It. It's so good. Like one thing you said is I'll write garbage a few times. Okay, I got an email this morning from somebody. I'm not going to embarrass him because... He's got this private email list he, out of the good. So I think it's a lot like you out of the goodness of his heart. So he's not really looking for any business and you're not right. You don't need any clients at this point. And he just wants to share some things he's learned. He said, you're wondering about that last par- paragraph, of my email yesterday of incoherent babble. Uh, well, here's a secret. I don't, I write horrible first drafts and then I'll rewrite them and rewrite them. And a lot of people, think maybe because of school where you only get one chance and you pass or fail or whatever, that you're supposed to get it right the first time or you're nothing, nobody, a failure. Bullshit. Uh, you know, writing is rewriting. And, and so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, the other thing is, I want to ask you one thing about your empathy map. You say you actually have a picture of a real person. You know, uh, I don't know if you've heard our podcast with Joe Schrieffer over at Agora, but, um, Joe has developed the avatar for Agora, which is called Grandpa Kurt. And they actually have a little bobblehead that they ask each writer to put on his or her desk and look at this thing, you know, and, and talk to him. Do you actually think you're talking to that person when you're writing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the entire time, if I catch myself, like, thinking about work real quick instead of the writing, I'll have to get back in that place where I'm hallucinating them sitting across the desk from me. I'm just talking to him. Yeah. Some of us call that getting into state of flow, a particular state of flow where you are envisioning, imagining, hallucinating, as you said, a conversation with the avatar. That, that's awesome. So what about your angles, your hook, your, uh, you know, the, the approach? Uh, you mentioned early on that you, you have a, an unusual way of, of generating ways to start your emails, your, your sales page, whatever. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that goes back coming to that uh, avatar and empathy map. I mean, I abuse that thing when I've got it. It's uh, like there was um, a skincare company. Uh, they had some testimonials and inside uh, two of the testimonials, one of them said she knew that she was getting older. Um, she could see it on her face. She didn't feel older, so she didn't want to feel like Granny Clampett, or she didn't want to look like Granny Clampett. From Beverly Hillbillies, right? Yeah, and the subject line was, you don't have to look like Granny Clampett. Awesome. So, so simple, but knowing how to, understanding that is a tremendously charged phrase that's going to touch, just reach t- out millions of people. Yeah. And then the second one, the second one was, uh, she was sitting there and she was like, you know, I was having coffee with my husband on the lanai, and he was like, um, for the first time in probably 20 years, he noticed. She was like, he looked down at my hands, and he asked if I was doing something different. And uh, the subject line was, her husband finally noticed. And that thing, I mean, that was potent. Yeah. I hope people are taking this in and, and learning. You might, I mean, I'm thinking if I've never... I, I think this way all the time. I'm not good at talking about it the way you are. That's why I'm so glad you're on the show. But I think this way all the time. And I'm hoping this is opening copywriters' minds to, to, to Nathan, I, I just have a feeling your thoughts are racing a mile a minute in your head. What are you thinking? Um, yes, they are. I, 
I, the thing that I was really liking was uh, the subject line where he said her husband finally noticed. Um, that subject line is so powerful, especially to anybody that's been in a relationship, any female that's been in a relationship that's felt neglected or that's felt uh, maybe not not getting the attention that they deserved or not getting the recognition. Um, oh, you don't have to say that. You could just say any female that's been in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, anybody that was in that market that saw that subject line, I don't know how they could not open that email. And here's how I came to that. His avatar was 54 to 64-year-old women. I started picturing what is a 54-year-old woman going to wake up? She's going to wake up, have some breakfast with her husband. He's going to take off on his busy day, get a small kiss on the cheek, and she's going to wonder what she's doing with her time. And that time slipping away. She's aware of it. Um, so that goes on day after day after day. She can't leave because they've got a life together. She loves him, but she doesn't want to stay. I mean, she, she's not at that point where she's like thinking about coming or going, but she's bored. She wants somebody to just feel that for her because that'll make her feel attractive again. And they, they feel that, but they don't think that they don't think, I mean, so whenever you say her husband finally noticed, they're thinking, Oh, well, I've always, I wish my husband would notice me. If this is what it takes at 64 95, let me give it a shot. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, such, that's such great marketing thinking. Um, one other question I have for you, just to change the subject a little bit. You mentioned that you verify everything before the writing process starts. Um, not everyone does that. And I'm not even sure how someone would do that. I'm not sure what you mean by verify. Could you expand on that a little bit? So one of my biggest, um, one of the biggest things I learned with clients is don't take on clients that don't have an offer already selling. Um, they don't have the information you need. You're just swinging a blind bat or you're trying to swing with a blindfold on and you can't. Mm -hmm. um, even like at the best of times, you'll get results, but you work so hard for it that when they've got an offer proven to convert, they have customers already reaching out, complaining, wanting refunds. Um, leaving testimonials about why they bought, like that's where you can get most of your information from. And then if you, if you need to verify, you can use the um, avatar and empathy map that the client gave you and then find that same type of customer on Facebook in the uh, ad demographics. Whenever you set up advertising, you can put in the kind of demographics you want and just get a general picture and then dig down the rabbit hole from there. If they're, if you notice that 70% of them are liberal, you can pretty much eliminate Fox News and those types. You can't have conversations about building a wall with them. Uh, it's, and then, yeah, just you got to dig in the rabbit hole until your gut tells you this is it. Let's go with this. Let's write. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. You, you keep mentioning your gut. My, my theory about the gut is there is such a thing as pure intuition, but most of it is informed intuition that is integrated to the point where it actually becomes part of your body as somatic intuition. Just, you know, I mean, certainly selling insurance to people, you learn a lot about how people really think because they will throw every objection in the world at you and they won't necessarily be nice about it. They're not going to try and protect your feelings, but you know, not, not fun at the time, but you, you sure learn a lot about people that way. 
Well, no, I had one guy who let his two pit bulls out. He was like, I hope you can get to the gate before they can. Man. <laughs> I, I keep telling you, uh, I was telling you this before, Nathan, I, I think you would agree. Uh, almost everything Joshua tells me sounds like it's in a thriller novel or a movie. I mean, this guy lives it. I don't think he even tries. It just sort of happens to him. You said he might, you might be thinking about writing something, right, Joshua? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just, yeah, like I said, I'm living life. Whatever happens, man, happens. I'm just loving it. <laughs> okay. So um, another question I have, a lot of copywriters aren't sure how to size up a client ahead of time, how to evaluate a client, but you have a process for doing that. Would you share it? Um, yeah, I'm pretty ruthless with clients. Like I charge up front 100%. I fire at the first sign of them being a pain in the ass. I've refunded more money than I made this year. Um, wow. It's, yeah, like it's just don't take any shit from clients. They want to think that you are below them. A lot of them do, but you are their business. They need you. So, and don't forget that you have the power and everything. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess, like I mentioned before, make sure they've got a proven offer and that they are prepared. They don't, Make sure they don't aren't dealing with any head trash. If they have their own personal crap, if they're not a solid entrepreneur, like they know business, um, it, yeah, pay attention to the red flags. If your gut says they're going to be a pain in the ass, they will, and it's going to be a bigger one than you could have imagined. Um, and just here lately, the last year, I've been focused on the people that I want to work with, the select five or six, and I've made it my mission to get their attention. And it's worked. So instead of taking clients that come to me, I've been very sniper targeted at the people I'm going to work. It's not if, it's when. Um, so that's the evolution of it, I guess. So you're, you're, you're taking charge of your life and your time and, 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 and your opportunity to be with your daughter and, you know, um, when, during the weeks when you have her, right? Yeah. Um, that's admirable. You know, there are all these people putting up memes on Facebook, telling you to do that. All these motivational speakers with this fancy language. And here's freaking Joshua Killingsworth, who's actually doing it. And now you know how. Thank you. That is really good. Um, so finally, um, what takeaways can you give to people who want to write their own copy? Um. Like for freelancers, I was just helping a kid this morning. I mean, I told him, just eat your crow. Like I started out, if you guys want some entertainment, search for Joshua Killingsworth e-zine articles. I dumped so much spam on that website back in the day for SEO. Um, you can see where my writing started. And four years ago, I was charging two cents a word. And now I average between two and four dollars a word. So, and that's really only taken off in the last 18 months, I'd say. Two years ago, I was still charging two cents a word. So, I mean, just eat your crow, just get results, like work with people who are spending money so that you can get direct feedback because those results are going to sell your next job and then better results are going to sell your next job. And for entrepreneurs, spend money, like be bad first, waste money, and it's going to force you to get good. Uh, there's no other way around it. Yeah. Uh, hard, hard won wisdom and, and really good, maybe painful, but good advice. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Finally, I know you're not looking for clients, but if somebody wants to contact you, who would you allow to contact you? And, and why, why would someone contact you? You said you're willing to share some stuff, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I've got like over, I've, I've uh, failed numerous times at different businesses I wanted to start. So some of that was creating a lot of content around copywriting and helping copywriters and then content writers evolve into copywriters. So I mean, if there's anyone that feels like I can help them and they want to reach out to me, I don't really want to give out public contact information, but I'll help them if they go through those links. Um, no catch, no questions asked or anything. And then entrepreneurs, I mean, I have a small network of people that uh, if you need help, I guess I can put you in touch with them. Um, or you may be able to convince me to offer consulting. That's about the only thing I'd even entertain at this point, just because I've got the clients I want to work with. Okay. And, and the, the two ways someone could find you is if they can track you down on Facebook and get you to accept a message or through links on Joshua Killingsworth Easing articles. Is that right? Uh, no, those links are all dead. It's just a bunch of articles that I wrote just to give an example of the writing. But yeah, I mean, get, get to me on Facebook. That would be the best route. And uh, I usually check the messages on there a few times a day. So um, yeah, just keep in mind, I'm helping and uh, I'm doing it for free. So don't expect too much of my time. I'll answer whenever I can and help whenever I can because I love talking shop and helping people and and uh, living life. So that's awesome. Uh, what what an unusual report from the field, and and what a what a valuable what a valuable message and and, and tools and and ideas that that you presented people. Thank you so much for that, Joshua. No, thank you. I'm glad y'all had me on. This was fun. All right. Um, Nathan, any closing remarks or questions? Nope. I just want to say thank you for coming on, Joshua. It's been a blast. It's it's uh, I I always love it when David brings on guests because he he has a he's got a great um a great eye for good conversations to bring on to the show. So thank you for coming on. And um, David, what do we got coming up next time? Well, next time we're going to talk about crunch time. Nice. All right. Well, David, thank you. Joshua, thank you. And until next time, copywriters, we'll catch you later. Thanks, man. Thanks. See you next time. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast.